Are you tired of listening to ads and just want the story? With the Tales of the Forgotten membership, you'll get ad-free episodes of all our shows, like this one, and you'll be supporting the creators and stories that you love. Go to talesoftheforgotten.com backslash membership. But hey, we like to spoil you. So a Tales of the Forgotten membership also offers bonus content like character audio files, artwork, exclusive shows, first looks at scripts, and a lot more. So go to talesoftheforgotten.com backslash membership or just click the link in the description. The following episode contains adult content and violence. Listener discretion is advised. Legacy, a Star Wars audio drama, created and produced by Crystal Storm and Hannah Cardiac. Episode 21, The Conclusion of Legacy. Chapter 59, The Path That Must Be Walked. I learned that before Reed died, she'd sent a Jedi friend of Risha's, Master Sumali, to Zarin's ship to get the Mystic. Doc and T7 had already been there, and together they'd been able to capture him. The Republic wouldn't let me near him, of course, but I didn't need to be. Zarin would tell me what I needed to know, one way or the other. I sat outside of the med bay in the Republic base where the Jedi healers tended to whatever the Voss had done to Zarin. Several angry Jedi and an equally angry squad of troopers stood watch over us. I'm still not sure why my request to stay was granted when I'd had Lancoro carry Zarin back to the Republic base. But it had been, and an uneasy ceasefire had been called between the two warring sides. For the moment, the Voss was the bigger threat, but the Jedi were naive to think that the Republic would care as much as they did. Troopers didn't use the Force, and whatever the Voss were doing, it didn't affect the majority of their military. I was well aware we were on severely borrowed time. Tana sat on one side of me, my hand clenched between hers. Lincoro on my other side. Though he said nothing, he just kept looking down at his hands. I kept mine on his shoulder. I let go of him only to do the same to Vancito, who squatted in front of me, his arm across my knees, his chin resting on his forearm. Their presence was calming, even though the feeling of their deep sadness over Reed, their anger, all their volatile emotions, it nearly overwhelmed me. I was a ticking time bomb, but I would not allow my children to know of my internal struggle. You didn't tell me of Watcher 2. I... I hadn't had the chance. I should have told Aunt Reed about her, too. I approve. Reed would have to. She's strong. I'm really glad. I think I love her. This complicates things, sister. How so? Koro and I meant to torture your boyfriend. I'm uncertain what to do about a girlfriend. <laughs> Lencora was much more subdued. I watched him release a slight smile. His pain was so much stronger than either of his siblings because of Mako. And I knew that pain well. My first instinct was to tell him to soothe his anguish in the blissful rage of revenge and vengeance, in bloodshed and conquest. I went to open my mouth, but Elijah's voice rang through my mind. He will need his mother, not the Dark Lord. At the time, I told Elijah I was both. Then it was true. But I was too much of the Dark Lord now. I cleared my throat, tempered back my urges, and I claimed one of Lancoro's big hands. It hurts now. It may always. But you will be stronger for it. I am proof. Lencoro swallowed hard and silently kissed my cheek. I smiled very faintly at him and I let my head rest briefly against his. I heard the door to Zarin's room open and I glanced down the hallway as the Jedi healers began filing out. Master Satil Shan let them walk away 
and remained standing in the hallway looking at me. I understood the silent message. I looked away from the Jedi Grandmaster and back at my children. All of you, hear me well. Now is your time. You must stand in your own strength and with each other. This family's legacy is now told through you. We will go with you, Mother, to avenge Aunt Reed, to stop the Voss. No, that is not your path, it is mine. Do you understand? Yes, Mom. I looked at my daughter and my other son. I rose to my feet and kissed them in turn. I began walking towards Master Satil. Will you be back, Mother? My steps paused. I turned to look at them. I love you. Len Koro stood up, putting himself between his siblings. He put his arm around Valtana, his other large hand on Vancito's shoulder. Bye, Mom. Love you too. I held their faces a heartbeat longer. I even gave them the honesty of my smile, born out of my love for them. And then I walked away from my children and followed Master Satil into an empty room. There wasn't anything else we could say as Mom walked away. I had the sinking feeling in my gut I might never see her again. To add that feeling on top of my grief over Aunt Reed, for moments I felt like I was drowning in my pain. I couldn't breathe. I couldn't move. I just sat there. Van! I glanced up and watched as Vancito turned just in time. Vet flung herself into his arms. I love you. I love you. I love you. She kept saying it in between kisses Vancito was trying to capture. Finally, he did, and I had to look away. It wasn't that I wasn't happy for him. I was. It was just that I couldn't watch them. Not without feeling like my heart was being ripped out. But it snapped me out of my pity party. Mom was right. Everything was different now. We had to stand on our own. We couldn't dishonor Aunt Reed, Dad, or Mom in any other way. So I focused on Mom's words instead. I would live as much as that sucked right now. And I would be stronger for it. I looked at Tana, saw her watching our brother with a wistful look in her eyes, and nudged her. Don't you have somewhere to be too, Moff Daklin? What are you going to do? <sighs> My new job. With a little help from Revel. And Calio, if you don't mind. Tana immediately understood. She hugged me tightly. I don't mind. Not field agent anymore, and Calio hates Drummond Pass. Yeah, that place sucks. <laughs> she squeezed me tighter for another second, let me go, and hurried off. I stood up, pausing for just a moment to watch Vancito and Vet embrace. Vet was good for him. She'd keep him level, keep him right on the edge, just where he'd need to be to step into the role he had to fill. I backed up and turned around, walking out of the wing. The troopers escorted me until I was out of the building. I found Calio lingering at the gates, smoking a cigarra and giving the Republic guards snarky glances. Heard you hate Droman Koss. Calio looked at me with that unreadable face of hers and said nothing. I'm uh, short on a crew member. You done playing Imperial agent? Want to get back to your roots? What are you offering, bounty hunter? I could use someone else on my side that runs circles around the underworld like you do. Calio decked me flat out, splitting my lip and pulling out my little grunt of surprise. Ugh, what was that for? Loyalty is big to me, bounty hunter. Need to know I can trust you. You knock me out again to go play hero, I'll shoot you. Got it. Not kidding. Your sister won't care. I don't need a hero. I got it the first time. No hero shit. Calio looks satisfied. For what it's worth, I didn't do it just to save your life. I knew you'd come after us. That's why there's hope for you yet. Got a middle name? No. Why? Don't like your first one. Guess I'll call you Daklin. How about you call me boss? <clears throat> Maybe in public. For the first time since Mako died, I took a tiny breath that didn't hurt. For the first few seconds, Satil said nothing, and I didn't either. We simply regarded each other. It was almost ridiculous that we were an hour after battle in the middle of a war, two leaders on very opposite ends of the spectrum, merely looking at each other. Should I be concerned about leaving you alone with her? Of course you should. I am Sith. 
She was not herself. I don't think you were either. Do you know why it is so easy for Jedi to turn to the dark side? Because in the heart of a true warrior, in the reality of battle, there is no difference. You fight your nature. I embrace it. The Voss did nothing but sharpen ideals she already had. Satil studied me in silence for another moment, but said nothing. I'd had enough of Jedi justifications. I walked past her. I know what a mother would do for her child. My steps paused. There was something in her tone. I turned halfway to glance at her, arching a questioning brow. I won't pretend my actions may have been any better if put in your place. But they're not dead. Reed and Elijah are. Don't lose your way again, Master Daklin. You owe them both that. My back stiffened that she would dare call me master and not... <sighs> but I had been. Hadn't I? And the one good thing I could say about that was that it had given me balance once. I nodded at her. Nothing more need be said between us. I walked into Zarin's room, and as I shut the door, Zarin focused her Miraluka gaze on me. Reed is dead. How? Oh. She got my children off false, and the mystic poisoned her in the process. Oh, God, Larissa. What have I done? I did not want to feel her pain, her regret, her guilt. It was too much. I thickened the dark side around me like a protective barrier and snapped. Where is this Voss that thinks he can destroy the Force? Zarin went quiet. Do not. You will tell me. You can't go alone. There is no other way and our time grows short. Tell me. Yes. There is. I'll go with you. Zarin, this is the last good thing I can do. Larissa. Let me avenge her. Let me avenge Elijah. Let me avenge us both in a way that you cannot. Zarin hesitated, staring at me. Finally, she began speaking, telling me everything that had been left over in her mind because of Voss sorcery. Can the Force be used planetside? Yes. They only hid its power from me. That's why you couldn't feel the children while they were on Voss. There was always a mystic close enough to act like a shield. But had any of them tried, they would have been able to use their Force ability. And the Voss mind control? It's a process. It cannot be done on a whim. I'd heard all I needed to. I turned on my heel and marched towards the door. It wasn't because I didn't accept you. I halted. I thought that might be it for a moment. But it wasn't. Maybe it was my own fears. But I... I decided when we parted after the Emperor that you were right. About a lot of things. I'd asked Doc to marry me. I couldn't wait to tell you. I didn't want to hear this. But Zarin wasn't done. She moved to stand in front of me, blocking my path, and she... She touched my shoulders. I wanted to reconnect. I wanted to understand you. You had so much. You had the family that I lost, given up for the Order. I don't regret being a Jedi, but I do regret not being your sister. I regret that I pushed you away, that I let you go. I let that I let Reed go. I'm sorry, Larissa. I'm so sorry. I closed my eye. I cannot say that sadness didn't rock through me hearing what had almost happened. Things might have gone so differently had the Voss not played us for fools. But they had, and we'd given into our very natures and to the biases that ran rampant through both sides. I didn't feel any guilt over my actions, but the consequences of my choices, of the path I'd chosen to walk down, could not be ignored. There was only one way this could end now. I opened my eye and I looked at my sister. Zarin had forgiven me once, as only a Jedi could. But I wasn't a Jedi. I was Sith. The part of me capable of forgiving you 
died with Reed. But you don't need forgiveness, Zarin. Not from me. Zarin said nothing, and I could sense that now she finally understood. I pulled out of her embrace and walked out. I hung my head in my hands. Had I been capable of tears, they would have poured out of me. It would have been a much-needed release. I was wallowing in my sadness when I heard the door to the room open. Raised my head and saw Doc standing there. He was holding my Jedi rope and my lightsaber. I'm going with you, and that's the end of it. I rose from the bed, walked over to him, and pressed my mouth against his. It was a hard, passionate, loving kiss that he returned with just as much fervor. After a long moment, we broke it off. I took both items from his hand, sliding on my robe, equipping my lightsaber to my belt. We must hurry. Chapter 60 Things Only a Sith and a Sister Can Do Jaysa could not be allowed into the next section of my family's future. She was as dark, as black as I was. I ordered her with me and she obediently obeyed as we set a course for Voss. When we reached Voss's orbit, I killed her. I couldn't allow her to be used in battle to make the Voss stronger or turned against me while I fought them. I let her death feed my hatred and I used her body in the cockpit. Zarin explained that a hundred people had been captured. The species hadn't mattered. The Voss magic and Selmacor's dark power combined in conjunct with the ritual sacrifice on the anniversary of the abomination that occurred on Nathema could destroy the energy known as the Force. I'd faced Selmacor when I'd struck down Darth Fulminus. It'd been my mistake to have allowed the Voss I'd worked with to spare him a mistake I now intended to rectify. I expected that the stealth technology in my ship would hold past the blockade, and it did. When I broke into the Voss's atmosphere, I uncloaked my vessel, set the coordinates, and used the escape shuttle. The ship crashed into the nightmare lands in front of the Dark Heart Temple, and I landed just a few clicks away. I disappeared into the force, moved undetected past the chaos my distraction caused, and ran inside the temple. I uncloaked once inside, and I killed every commando that stood in my path on my way to the innermost sanctum. The Voss were all well-trained warriors, but without their mystic's constant foresight in any basic battle, they were just another enemy to be killed. I rounded a corner and saw two large closed doors. A pair of Voss mystics stood in front of them, standing guard. They immediately saw me and began whispering. I could feel their power, probing at my mind, trying to gain access. I charged at them. Before my lightsaber could cut them down, they disappeared. I could not see them, something other than the force blocking them from my sight. I went very still, only the sound of my pulsating saber echoing so very quietly around me. I heard the hiss of air as one of them reappeared, and I caught him with a backward thrust of my lightsaber. I pulled my blade out and I whirled, removing his head before he could collapse. The second one peered in front of me just as his comrade hit the ground. This one's knife aimed for my throat but I was faster. I shot out my hand, driving a blast of lightning into his face. He cried out loudly, dropping the knife and clutching at his charred skin. I sheathed my lightsaber and picked up the fallen dagger. The mystic was crying out in pain as I studied the blade, remembering what happened to Reed. My fury surging, I snapped my gaze up to the boss, grabbed him by the shoulder, and I shoved the blade into his chest. He cried out again, and I cruelly ripped the dagger out, dropping it to the ground. The mystic clutched at his chest, his agony rising as he died. Stepping over his body, I reached to withdraw one of my lightsabers when I suddenly felt the energy of their deaths seeping out of their useless carcasses and surging into me, merging with the dark side of the Force 
a strange and unexpected circumstance, perhaps because of the Voss ritual going on behind those doors. I paused to study its effects. They were not controlling, but they felt strengthening. Good. I reached to push open the door when I felt... <sighs> I whirled around and saw Zarin. What are you doing here? Being a big sister for once. <sighs> Damn it, Zarin. Do you realize what must... You'll do it. I'll ensure no one stops you. I paused for just a moment. She was giving me her stubborn face, and I knew I wouldn't be able to sway her. So I merely nodded, turned back to the door, and kicked open. The room was wide. Voss Commando stood on the outer edges. In the middle, the hundred captured all kneeled around the large pit, ready to sacrifice themselves because of Voss mind control. I had to relent that the mystic's power was impressive. On a top upper ledge, I saw three Voss, the true mystics I assumed, glowing a strong golden color, watching with emotionless expressions on their faces. They didn't even look up as Zarin and I entered the room. Do not allow them to interrupt the ritual. Kill them, children of the Dark Heart. Give yourselves to him. For the greater good of all Voss, the mystic sea, you must act now. The commando started firing at us. The lesser mystic started chanting, and the mind-controlled began jumping into the pit. Try not to kill them. I let Zarin deal with the commandos as I sheathed my lightsaber and I raced towards the center of the room. I blocked the blaster fire coming my way with the force and the annoyed twist of my palm, sending their bolts spinning back to them. I leaped landed on the ledge next to all the idiots waiting to kill themselves, held out my arms and channeled the dark side of the force. I called upon a wide circle of lightning that crashed down around them. There was no escaping it. Before they could sacrifice themselves, I killed them, turning the mystics own magic against them, and I absorbed their very essences into myself instead. No! Kill her and throw her into the pit! I stopped channeling the lightning. Never before had I felt such power or such pain. I couldn't even begin to describe the vortex churning inside of me, but it was addicting. Two mystics attacked me. I caught them both by the throat, crushing their windpipes without thought. Literally without thought, I just did it, and I tossed their dead bodies to the ground like they were nothing. Above me, Zarin moved like the warrior she was, and I noticed that Doc was there, covering her. She volleyed the blaster fire back at the commandos, got in close and took them down quickly, her quick strikes robbing them of their weapons, knocking them to the ground, injuring them just enough they wouldn't be able to continue the fight. I had no time to be proud of her deadly grace, though. The rest of the mystics came at me with knives in their hands, trying to swarm me like a pack of rabid Christfangs. And if they didn't have knives, they stood there chanting, a dark black cloud swirling around them, their power slamming against my skull, trying to gain access to my mind. I heard myself laugh. <laughs> The hiss of my lightsabers echoed out. They tried to blink in and out of sight, but this time I could see them. Their frames like dark shadows. They were fast, I would give them credit for that. Severing a limb didn't slow their attack either, but I delighted in the challenge, in the carnage of it all. I struck the last of them down and heard a wild cry. A lone boss, their little ringleader perhaps, charged at me. Two quick moves and his hand struck my wrists, a jolt of some strange energy erupting from his palms. It shocked my nerves and forced me to drop my lightsabers. He withdrew a knife from his belt in the next motion, his movements as fast as any trained Sith, and I hissed in delight as I was forced to block his attacks with my armored forearm, ducking his swipes, twisting my body around his to dodge the thrust of his knife, and I slammed my elbow into the back of his head in the same motion. He stumbled, disappeared, because he didn't realize I could see through his stupid little trick now. I caught him before he could attack me, dropping to kick his feet out from underneath him. 
He shouted in surprise as his back hit the ground, and I thrust my hands out, drilling lightning into his body. He screamed in pain, but even I admit I was impressed when he surged upwards, smoke rising from his robes as he pushed through my lightning like it was nothing more than a strong gust of wind. I let him get closer a little closer, and then I stopped the blast. He surged into me like he'd been pushed and shoved his knife into my stomach. I barely felt the pain. My lips tilted into a cruel smile as I grabbed his shoulder, and with the power of the dead flowing through me, I shoved my hand into his chest, closing my fist around his heart. I canted my head, staring into his eyes reading his thoughts as his burnt face contorted in pain. It was he who had tortured my sister, robbed her of her mind, made her raise a hand against me. He was the one who had set everything in motion. Pure hatred surged through me. You lose. I ripped his heart out. His body dropped and I crushed his heart in my fist before I threw the useless remains to the ground. Larissa! I glanced at Zarin as I pulled the knife from my stomach. I could feel the poison in my system, but it was a distant, burning sensation to the tormented power of absorbing the energy of the dead. I dropped the blade to the ground and looked down into the pit. The looming darkness was almost welcoming. Don't you dare. Before she could say another word, I jumped down into the black hole while Selmacor waited. As I fell, I threw my lightsaber up at the sphere floating over the pit, shattering it. The intense wave of its contained force power exploded outwards. I sucked some of it in as I landed at the bottom of the pit. The phantom, glowing, monstrous manifestation of Selmacor appeared. Lightning flew from my fingers again, closing around him, forcing him into me. As I expected, he was not opposed to finding a more solid form. His utterly dark, evil power exploded inside of me, merging with the dark side that literally coursed through my veins. And like any vengeful Sith, he immediately began trying to take control of me, to exert his will over my own. I couldn't resist him forever, but I did know how to kill him. Larissa! I climbed back out of the pit, immediately sinking to my knees. I was trembling. Selma Kaur's voice was in my head, an endless loop of pain and destruction and death and rage. All the things I'd spent the last week feasting upon to cover up my grief. I stared hard at Zarin as she slid to her knees next to me. Gritting my teeth, I withdrew one of my lightsabers and shoved it at her, hilt first meeting her gaze. Do it. Selma Kaur would not be able to withstand another defeat. If she killed me, he would die too. She stared at the pit, at me. Understanding dawned, her jaw clenched. I won't. We will find another way. The Jedi can heal you. Stop, stop. There's no time. You have to. Larissa. I am a Sith. You are a Jedi. Do it! You are my sister! I shot out my hand and gave her a nice hard shock of lightning to provoke her. It took everything, everything inside of me, every small part that was left of me not to kill her. Damn you, do it! Zarin blanched at the hit, but my utterly stubborn sister wouldn't budge. No! With a growl, I surged to my feet. My sister rose, but she would not be intimidated. I wanted to kill her. It would be so easy. For a second, I lost my mind to Selma Kaur's voice, and I didn't understand why she was alive. I lifted my hands. Kazrin. I'd lost sight of his face in my rage. I forced myself to focus on Zarin's face on my sister's face. 
It was that tiny recognition that allowed me to regain control, but it was like trying to stop an avalanche. If I began fighting her, there would be no containing the monster inside of me. Zarin! Fight it, Larissa! You have to! We'll go! I tuned her out, my mind spinning. I whirled and saw Doc watching us. Perfect. Zarin couldn't allow an innocent to be harmed, especially not the man she loved. I raised my hand, closed the force around Doc's neck, and I began killing him. I felt Zarin's panic. Larissa, stop! But I didn't. I kept force choking Doc harder in fact. Zarin came at me trying to use the force to push me, but I didn't budge. She used my lightsaber to give me a few warning cuts, but I didn't even feel it. Don't! She tried to ram the hilt of the saber into my temple to knock me out, but all it did was make me bleed a little. Do it! Do it! My vision was swimming. I backhanded her hard enough to break skin, but I kept my grip on Doc. She stumbled, but quickly regained her footing. I ripped back my cow, showing her my face, how the taint of the dark side had infected it, my eye burning red. I stared at her with pure hatred, taunting her as I tightened my force grip around Doc's throat. He would be dead in seconds, and we both knew it. Larissa, I can't! God damn it, Jedi! I will burn every- The sure strike of her blade, my blade, stabbing into my heart, robbed me of my breath. I released my hold on Doc because I had no choice. I could feel my life force fading, could feel it, the nightmare that was Selma Kaur howling in fury as it began to die with me, our combined power, the only reason I hadn't died instantly. Zarin went to pull the lightsaber out, but I grabbed her wrist, halting her motion, keeping it lodged where it was. I met her gaze. Watch over them for me. I will. I promise. Better than I did you and Reed. I love you, little sister. I love you too, Zarin. <laughs> Maybe we should have. I think we should have said that more. <laughs> or maybe, maybe you should have just let me fall off that roof. No, I should have been the one to catch you. When I was sure that this power that none should ever possess would die with me, I let the blade go. She pulled it out and I dropped. Zarin caught my weight, pulling me close to her. That endless, numbing, insane loop blissfully stopped. It reminded me what peace felt like. I dropped my head to my sister's shoulder, my gaze falling past her. I can't say I wasn't surprised when I realized I could see them. Kazrin, Elijah, Reed, even Malavi. I wanted to tell Zarin, but she'd just have to find out on her own. A second later, I joined them. I felt it the moment she left me. Gone to the Force, and there was not a Jedi teaching to be found that could soothe the pain it caused. We had so much to fix. For me to begin my redemption where she was concerned, I pressed my face against hers, clutching her tightly to me as if that might make her stay. I felt Doc's hand on my shoulder, but I didn't let Larissa go. I did raise my gaze, though, as who I supposed were the real boss mystics approached me. It happened as it must. I did not give a damn about their prophecy. The only thing I needed to know was, is it done? It is done. Do not come back here, outsider, and all will stay as it should be. I looked back down at Larissa, touched her face. I swallowed hard and Rose carrying her. Doc tried to take her from me, but I wouldn't let him. 
Let's go. Chapter 61, Legacy. It was quite a mix that gathered around the flames with us. Vet, Pierce, Risha, Andro, Bowder, and Akavi standing solemnly behind what was left of my family. My sister's children stood next to me, closer to each other. Tana stood between her brothers, Lancoro's hand in hers, her head on Van Cito's shoulder. They stared in silence as the flames burned around Elijah, Reed, and Larissa. I turned my gaze from my sisters and looked at them, their faces, their eyes, their rigid stance, and the square of their shoulders as they each digested the pain of loss in their own way. I did not know them, but I would. My siblings and I had been ripped apart by war. Never again would I allow codes or misunderstanding or intolerance to separate my family. I knew exactly what we had to do. Stop fidgeting, you look great. I was standing in front of the mirror, adjusting my uniform. Shara, watcher too, came up behind me, wrapping her arms around my waist and put her chin on my shoulder. I laid my hands on top of hers, meeting her gaze in the mirror. I still feel like everything's more real now, in a way it wasn't before. Because we're not spying on Jadis, trying to undermine him at every move. You're running the operation in earnest, and I get to take a grand moth home every night. It's a delightful win-win. <sighs> what a big failure to your pure breeding program you are. I suppose if the urge ever strikes me, there's always your brother, isn't there? <laughs> My eyes widened. She broke into laughter. You never have guessed Shara's sense of humor unless you really knew her. Like I did. I turned in her arms, kissing her gently. Once you go chiss, you never go back. Remember that. Hmm. Don't I know it. Ready. See you in a few days. I touched her cheek picked up my briefcase, and walked out of our home. Vancito waited for me outside, leaning up against a speeder, and for once without the entourage him being the emperor demanded. So far, he only had to execute one general and the former war mister, who didn't like the direction he intended to take the empire in. Now, as Grand Moff, I had made the announcement that he had the full support of imperial intelligence, a title he had restored. General Pierce had sworn allegiance to him, and that meant all of Mom's army with it. Even Mandalore, thanks in part to Lancoro's influence, all fully supported his bid to power. And since there were very few Sith Lords left powerful enough to challenge Vincito for right now, it was sticking. I expected on top of all the rebuilding we'd have to do, there would be many power plays in the coming months, but for now this was a damn good start. Into the mouth of the enemy we go. I nodded. This would be very, very interesting. I was standing in the spaceport, leaning against a wall with my arms crossed over my chest, waiting for Tana's and Van's shuttle to arrive. Callio waited with me. Since I'd taken over Aunt Reed's spot as the boss of the underworld, she'd become a damn good ally to have. In the week after Mom and Aunt Reed's death, we'd done exactly as Mom had told us. Combined our strength and made sure we took care of business. In the quiet moments, I often wondered if this had been her and Dad's purpose for us all along. Not that I cared. In fact, I kind of liked my new line of work. It had been my job to re-secure the underworld and keep the alliance between the crooks going. I was actually a little surprised that Ivory hadn't made the first power play for it. Maybe it was because of my rep as a bounty hunter? I still had eyes on the blacklist. Though bounty hunting had become a part-time gig, it wasn't something I was going to give up either. Andrew had gathered up his crew to rally the others in support of me. Callio had used her connections to spread some rumors about my rep and help conjure support among the riffraff that I was legit enough to take my aunt's place. Risha and Vet had both used their connections to do the same. I still worked with Blizz and Galt had been downright giddy when he found out. Torian was the only one who had left, and last I heard, he was back with his old clan. Bodar had stuck with me. I'd asked Akavi to go to Droman Kos and watch Vancito's back. She'd agreed. So far, things were going as planned. Today was going to be one hell of an interesting day, though. Want to get a drink after this little party, Daklin? I glanced over at her, 
hid my smile and turned my attention back in front of me as Vancito and Tana's shuttle came in. What's in it for me? <laughs> Pity sex if I'm drunk enough. <laughs> we'll keep it to just getting drunk. Calio was hot, but right now I didn't want anybody. I hadn't even taken off my wedding ring yet. Still, she was becoming a good friend, and I'd be stupid if I didn't admit that everything, including Morning Mako, had been a little easier with her crazy ass around. I pushed off the walls Vancito and Tana headed in my direction, hugging them both. Zarin's already inside. The look on their faces when they see us will be classic. I kind of felt like that was the understatement of the year. Coruscant, Senate Tower. The room was packed. Grandmaster Satil sat next to General Garza and Supreme Chancellor Suresh. I had just finished testifying. For the last week, an uneasy ceasefire had been called, and today was the day for the full Senate hearings about everything that had transpired on Voss and beyond. Thank you for your candor, Master Zarin. Just Zarin. I am no longer a Jedi. That brought a quiet hush to the room. Before they could grill me about that, I continued. Chancellor Suresh, Grandmaster Sham, General Garza, members of the Senate, I have invited someone here today that I felt needed to be a part of these proceedings for the sake of our future. This is a private inquiry. Who did you invite? Fifth Emperor Vansito Daklin. My mouth twitched in amusement at the shocked expressions on their faces. Before they could argue one way or the other, Doc had opened the door to the room to let Vansito, Beltana, and Lancoro walk in. Vansito pulled his hood back exposing his Sith face, and Valtana did the same. I had employed the help of Master Sumalit to smuggle them onto Coruscant. The troopers in the room immediately pointed their blasters at my niece and nephews. Vancito calmly put up his hands. Tana rolled her eyes. Lancoro glared at the trooper closest to him. Get that gun out of my face! I bit my lip to keep from chuckling. Master Zarin, what is the meaning of- Supreme Chancellor Suresh, we are unarmed. I arrived with no additional guard. I merely wish to be heard. I stepped aside and motioned Vancito forward. He moved almost mockingly slowly so the troopers wouldn't shoot him, and I had to resist the urge to laugh again. Stop that. I'm out to him. He merely grinned wolfishly. I hugged him as he approached and then stepped aside as he took to the podium. Lencora shoved the blaster out of his face put a hand on Tana's back, and they walked right past the soldiers and sat down. I sat with them, and we patiently waited while Suresh covered her microphone and whispered in hushed tones to General Garza and Master Shan. Vancito glanced back at me. I nodded once. He turned his attention to the front of the room, and without waiting for them to decide, he began speaking. As he did, Master Shan shushed them, and they started listening. The start of the Great Galactic War was caused by the machinations of an insane emperor. An emperor destroyed by the combined might of both Jedi and Sith. Had the Voss not began their treachery, regardless of the events that transpired because of General Racton, peace might have been reached. We may still reach that peace today. That is why I am here, to offer the Republic a true treaty that would restore the galaxy back to the state it was before the war. There was a murmur around the room before the Chancellor called for silence. Vancito Paul then continued. As a measure to prove my sincerity, I wish to present to this council the stealth technology we've employed for your own usage. I have given control of the powerful weapon known as the Eradicator to Queen Raisha Drayan of Dubrillion. Should both sides agree to the treaty and follow its terms with no further hostilities, she has agreed to destroy the Eradicator for us both to see. Should we decide to continue the war, she will use it as she sees fit, with sworn prejudice against both our idiot asses. Do you mean to force our hand with the threat? If I meant to coerce your hand, I would have pointed its power at this planet and I would not be offering to return to you things that were once yours before the Emperor started this insanity. The mere fact that a Sith has relinquished control of its power should be evidence enough of my sincerity. 
Intolerance has spawned our hatred of each other. We do not approve of all of your ways any more than you approve of ours. That doesn't mean we can't live in peace. There are plenty of common enemies we can fight together if we must. And when the Emperor rears his ugly head again, we will need each other. He paused as the room exploded into more murmurs. Master Shan looked amused. It made me smile. To help relations, may I present the Sith Empire's offered liaison to the Republic, your former Supreme Chancellor and now titled Ambassador Janos. Janus, who was seated in the room next to Risha, stood up, nodding at Van Cito. His appearance in all this would help matters a great deal. Regardless of the circumstances of his resignation, he was still respected in many circles of the Senate. We have the power today to have peace. Real peace. After all of the lives lost, think of the families that could be restored. Planets given the chance to remake themselves. I implore you all, is there any good reason to continue this war? Think they'll sign it? I don't know. The deliberation is a good sign, though. I bloody hope so. There is much to be said for being an emperor who requires no senate. I told the Sith Empire my plan, and it was done. And you thought I was bad when I won the Great Hunt? So much like them. All of you. You've got the stories. Ah, uh, the ones Aunt Reed wouldn't tell us because she was part of them. Perhaps. Name your price, Jedi. First, it's Aunt Saren. Second, I am not a Jedi anymore. Third, dinner, all of us, every other Sunday, on Dubrillion. We'll work up to the aunt part. Uh, deal for dinner. We require a sample of the goods, though. Before Zarin could answer them, she turned and saw us. Really, saw us. Not the outline of our shapes, but us. Reed stood with her arms on my shoulder, wearing that wonderful, arrogant grin, watching our sister and the children. My arm wound through Kazrin's. He smiled at Reed and I, and then at Zarin. I looked at my sister and my children with all the love I had in my heart. And when I caught Saren's gaze, I smiled at her and I hoped in that moment I gave her some of the peace I felt now, being one with the Force. Your mother and Reed may or may not have locked a visiting senator in the Jedi archives. They possibly stole his speeder. May or may not have crashed said speeder into a statue in this very square. We can go look at that later. It should still have some scorch marks. Um, and they may or may not have spent the next two days in hiding for fear of the consequences. <laughs> <laughs> Their laughter was a joyous thing, echoing out to the ghosts of the past. I did not know what would happen next for my family, but their legacy was strong. Perhaps that would be enough. Hey everybody, Crystal here. Listen, as it's the very last episode of Legacy, if you are listening to this before 7 Eastern on September 20th, I really hope you'll come join us for the live listen party and after show on my Twitch channel. The link is down in the description. And I want to thank you, yes, you personally, for beginning and ending this journey with us. It has been such a magical time for myself and for the cast. We have loved your support, all of you who have reached out to us. So really, really thank you. I hope you enjoyed the conclusion of this tale, and I hope you'll be on the lookout for our new shows dropping mid-October. Oh, and uh, yeah, there, there's end credits. Good hunting, everyone. I hope you've enjoyed listening to Legacy. Please remember to subscribe, drop us a review, and share this story with your friends. I also encourage you to come hang out with us. We've got a Discord server and soon we'll have a Facebook group. To join the Discord, click the link down in the description or go to dsc.gg backslash Crystal's Imagination. You can also join us Tuesday evening, 7 Eastern, 6 Central for the Legacy After Show where I talk with the cast about the episodes and related topics. 
We do those on Twitch, twitch.tv backslash Crystal's Imagination, or just click the link down in the description. To view the full cast list, get your PDF copy of Legacy, and learn more about Crystal's sci-fi novels and other upcoming fiction podcasts, go to crystalsimagination.com. Episode 21 features voice performances by Crystal Storm, Bunbarian, Jake Riker, Lindsey Gray, Hannah Cardiac, Alejandro Paz, Matthew Dawson, Eliza Neal, Vander, Tara, Joe Moyer, Adam Corman, Shelley McArlene, Kathy Beal, and April Arden. Sound work done by Hannah Cardiac and Crystal Storm. Legacy's theme song is composed by Daniel Cherlitza, titled Star Wars Dark Side Themes Reimagined. Additional amazing music tracks contributed to this episode, so please read the description for full credits and links to each track. Legacy is a work of fan fiction created inside the Star Wars The Old Republic universe. It is written, directed, and produced by Crystal Storm. The Daklin family are original characters created by Crystal. A big thank you to BioWare, LucasArts, and Disney for providing such a rich world to create it. I can't believe she told them that story. I can't believe you crashed the speeder. I wasn't driving. <laughs> yes, you were. You know what? And you know what? Listen, I am the reason we escaped. You should have gotten an implant sooner because... You couldn't see very well back then with one eye. Oh, oh, for real. Miss, I'm a walk off a roof because I am one with the force. The force <laughs> is one with me. Sisters, sisters, I think you both learned a very valuable lesson that day. Don't, Don't walk, walk off roofs. Roof. Yeah, mm -hmm. yeah. That our big brother, Kazrin, taught us how to tie an excellent knot. Excuse me? <laughs> That senator was so mad. <laughs> yeah, he was. Oh, God, he was so mad. Uh, Kazrin, Kazrin, did you ever tell Zarin that you were the one who locked the door? I'm sure I don't know what you're talking about. Wow. Always enabling Kazrin, the Jedi lying like <laughs> a Sith. You know, that might be where you got it from. I have been trying to read the same paragraph for five minutes. You miss us, don't you? Every single day.